Hey everyone, welcome to Daily Cyber. It's episode number 260. It's I actually can't rem- imagine. I'm at 260, so it's awesome. Uh, you know, I want to thank you guys so much from the cyber and security community, you guys from the cyber security community as well, uh, helping me to kind of grow the, the, the podcast, the stream, and just really helping to educate me as I'm sharing my journey, what I'm going through when it comes to cybersecurity, and really helping you guys you know, really learn how to be the best cybersecurity cybersecurity professional that you can be in the industry. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, in the next month, we're going to have some more guests on here. So you guys are going to have some experts. But for this month right now, I'm really kind of talking about what I'm going through, answer any questions that you may have, helping you to kind of, you know, break through what, what I consider is the truth about cybersecurity and everything that's going on. So what I want you to do is grab a coffee, grab a tea, and let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. USADO's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. USADO offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. USADO can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. So guys, how is your day? How's your week going? Uh, Did you guys come out to... Uh, the the CISSP study group yesterday, I want to really kind of check in with you guys. And, and here's the goal for today. Ask me anything. Anything you want. I've got SecIT guy monitoring the, the, the chat. Ask me anything you want to know about the cybersecurity industry, you know, overcoming challenges, what you're going through, like anything, right? Uh, I really want to focus on right now for this episode is helping everyone break through his challenges. Uh, there's a lot of great things that are happening uh, in the industry right now. Uh, evolution of new technologies, really, you know, great things happening. Also, on the other side, lockdowns, Toronto's locked down again. So we're kind of going through that juggling time of, you know, what do we really need to do, what we really need to focus on. It's interesting. I was in a conversation today, and one of my colleagues, that we were talking about how to negotiate, how to collaborate in a negotiation. And it was interesting they were talking about the, the challenges that they bring into the negotiation. And so important with cybersecurity professionals like you, you're in negotiations constantly, right? You're, you know, t- depending if you're going for a new job, you might be in a negotiation. You might be in a negotiation about um, how to, you know, implement or get a buy-in for a new technology, new solution that you think the company wants. So you're in a negotiation, education. So it was really interesting to watch these guys talk about how they really didn't understand their counterparts, the people across the table. And when we started to talk about it, they were like, yeah, I never thought about that. And this is stuff we talked about with Joel and I at the CSSP. So there was a lot going on there that was really so important to really think about, thinking about the person across the table, what they need, what their wants are, and how we can address them. So got some questions or comments already. Uh, Cadendum, I got my EJPT finished like 10 minutes before this. Congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, Cyber Incision, uh, would you go to Mars with your wife if you got the offer? That's actually a good question. Now, is there food there? Is there like, okay, I'm a foodie. So there's got to be food there. Good quality food. I'm not talking like McDonald's, you know, fast food. I mean, good quality organic food. We might go. We might go and, I mean, if there's pools, you know, I don't know how warm it is on the moon. I don't deal well with cold, so I'm not kind of a cold cat. Think about it. I'm in Toronto, so we have all four seasons, and I really don't like the cold. I like the warm, so it would be interesting to see. Uh, if, if Mars is warm, good quality food, 
I might go. All right. But again, the boss is my wife, so we'll have to see what she says. Um, or would you just let let her go? Uh, no, N no, no. I I love my wife. I love spending time with her. It's funny thing. My wife and myself are entrepreneurs, right? And have been for a while. While and I'm a cybersecurity um, sales guy, so most of my jobs at home, right? And being here, we spend roughly probably about in our days we probably spend seven days a week 10 hours 12 hours a day in an apartment together and we've been doing this for like 15 20 years so we get along really really well in in a small space in an apartment right and you know i don't know what i'd do if she wasn't around i'd probably feel lost so that's just you know our relationship with myself and my wife we have such a close relationship so if she was gone or she was with mars and i was here i probably wouldn't know what to do and to be honest, you're probably watching Netflix and chilling like for hours and gain so much weight. It'd just be terrible. So, yeah, it wouldn't be a good thing if she wasn't here. Uh, next question. What are your thoughts on XDR? Give me a second. I want to actually look up, just make sure I've got the acronym right. Uh, XDR. So many different acronyms out there. Now, uh, now you're talking about like like the extended detec detection response. Is, is that what you're saying? Uh, confirm that for me because I just want to make sure we're talking about that, that that acronym. As we know in cybersecurity, there's so many different acronyms out there. Um, ideas on navigating, uh, getting a protectium, which is a college graduate requirement for me during the pandemic. Hmm, interesting. You guys are making me look some stuff, stuff up. Uh, give me a second here. A practical section of a course of study. Okay, so if you're looking at some some practice, you know, first and foremost, see if you can do any volunteer work. Non for profits, you know, these different organizations, especially when you're looking at IT, cybersecurity, a lot of these non for profits, charitable organizations are looking for help right, and looking for volunteers to be able to help. So you can look and call them. And a lot of stuff is remote, so you don't have to go to a location, right? You, you could say, look, I'm part of this college. Oh, I need to do some some experience, get some experience. And what I want right now is I want to get, you know, some IT cybersecurity experience. I really want to help you out. And then from there, you can get that hands-on experience and put on your resume, you know, or even with your college, just say, look, I worked for this uh, non-for-profit to set up their network, harden their infrastructure, set up policies and procedures, whatever you did, and then write out your projects. So that's what I recommend on that. Uh, yes, X areas, cross layer detection and response. You know what, I'm gonna have to look that up. Uh, I have a little bit of information of that, right? Because it's kind of like the defense in depth. And, and let's kind of go through this right now. XDR stands for the cross-layer detection response. XDR collects and then and then correlates data over a variety of security layers, including endpoints, email, server, cloud, workloads, and the uh, general network. XDR is a new uh, alternative approach to traditional detection and, and instant response, integrated detection and, re and response procedures across multiple environments. I actually, to be honest with you, I think it's just next generation, right, of you know collecting logs and, and monitoring. I think what we're seeing right now when it comes to like SIMs and log monitoring and things along that line, when they correlate into a SIM, it's really how are we monitoring those tools right? and then how are we actually looking at the detection and response. So from what I'm seeing, I'm seeing this actually on Fortinet right now. It's not bad. It's the kind of that next layer, next layer of defense in depth. But I know when I was selling like now right now with SIM, uh, trying to think log monitoring, things along that line. And I was selling vector before, which was network detection response. And that was supposed to fill the gap, right, of printers, copiers, things that are not being monitored. And then you're supposed to get this full picture of the full network. I think what they're trying to do, and, and this is just my opinion, what happens is we're trying to get all devices, IoT, network devices, servers, printers, copiers, mobile devices, all trying to be monitored into a central location so we can start to do log mining to see if we can actually detect and respond incidents quicker, right? And then of course you have vulnerability testing, things like that that's going on that you're gonna to try to keep doing it. And I think what it comes down to is a defense in depth strategy. The more things you're looking at, the more things you're monitoring, the easier it is to detect something. Now, don't get me wrong, 
you have to have, and this is my only personal opinion, I think what you have to have is you have to have people that are security uh, mindful to make sure that they're testing constantly. Because what happens is I've seen this and then from reading articles and kind of going to different feeds that all the money that they have, sometimes hackers get in, you know, they pass the money and they pass everything else and they're in for six months doing reconnaissance and they're not caught. So they have to look at baselines, the irregularities, things are just not you know happening properly. So then what happens is when you turn and look at it as a security, you know, almost like binoculars, but like as a security person, you're kind of going, where could they go? Where could they get in? And you're constantly assessing that as well. So it's, uh, it's actually an individual. So you've got all these technology tools. We should actually have an in individual looking and testing things, uh, restoring things from backup and just testing things to see if they're in, in a in a development environment, if they're working properly, or if there starts to run to errors or something, something starts happening. Now, on the other side, I'm going to put my business hat on. That's going to cost a lot of money and utilize a lot of resources, people, right, to do that. So I think it's hard. I think, you know, when it comes to, you know, defense of security, we're, we're working with one hand tied behind our back a lot of times. You've got change management. You've got po uh, policies and procedures and process you have to go through. You've got uh financial restraints, right? Because the budget is only pays for so much and you have, you know, uh, so many other projects that are going on where hackers, they don't have a budget. They can just hack away as much as they want, right? They can find stuff online, go to the dark web, find scripts, right? And just go find teams to work together, right? There's a lot of stuff that I've been hearing online, correct me if I'm wrong, if, if I am, but there's a lot of stuff they can go on and like, um ransomware i'm actually hearing like there's help desk there's help desk for ransomware hey i want to hack i want to ransomware uh a school oh great guess what call this hotline and we'll, we'll walk you through the support of how to do it how to install it how to set it up how to deploy it right how to manage it how to work with bitcoin all that so it's kind of really crazy when you kind of think of that we're, we're we got one hand tied behind our back and now to let you go as i'm going on a little bit of a rain here the one thing that i'm seeing right now more law enforcement agencies as well as different alliances now are working better together to cross different borders when it comes to legalities. And they're starting to have these more better conversations that someone's overseas and they hack a company in Canada, North America. How do we hold them accountable? So keep, keep your ear to the ground here and listen for that. That's coming soon. Like more and more organizations are talking about that. Uh, give me a second here. Next question. Uh, new to the job that does vulnerability testing. What's the best program for doing web server uh, scanning? Okay. So Sec IT, uh, Cyber and Security is actually in the chat. Uh, he's actually my go-to guy when it comes to vulnerability testing and pen testing. I'll let him answer that one because that's kind of his wheelhouse for doing pen testing, which best tools to use. Uh, next one. How would, you, how would someone go about doing sales and cybersecurity, I have four and, and a half years in working in sales associate. Okay, so right now when it comes to cybersecurity and sales, and you know, I'll be the first one to say it, I'm not the best sales guy, like I'm not um, Grant Cordone or anything along that line, like I'm not, you know, who has my money type, type personality. But I know this, find out a system that works for you. And what I mean is if you're hunting and, and then, Give you guys kind of an idea how sales works. You've got your hunters, right? The guys are going and book meetings, right? They're going out, finding different, you know, demographics, different people, different organizations, you know, who those people are in those organizations to contact, and they're hunting. They're calling them in a certain cadence. So that would be one call on Monday, an email on Tuesday, a call again on Thursday, and they've got this cadence that they're working through to try to get, you know, at least an answer response. Yes, I'll meet with you or stop calling me, you know, take me off your list. Now they're going through try, trying to get like at least 50 to 80 calls, contacts per day, right? And, and through that process as you're doing, as you're hunting, what happens is you're trying to book as many meetings on your calendar. Now, this is kind of your, you know, inside salespeople. Then what happens, it goes to the next level where you kind of have your executive salespeople where now they're the guys that when the meetings book, they actually go to the meeting, right? And they're the ones that start to, you know, work on, you know, qualifying the opportunity, 
going through band budget, authority, need, time. I mean, you know this being in, 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 in sales. So you're going through that. You're trying to qualify quickly, then going through to scope. Now, how are we doing this in this day and age of the pandemic? A lot of people are not answering their phone. Caller ID. If you don't, they don't know who it is, they're not going to answer the phone. Emails, they're not really responding to emails because they're 100, 120 deep in emails. It's just overwhelming. Now, I'm getting this from the people I'm talking to. I'm actually surveying them and saying, look, you know, thank you so much for your time. What made it like, you know, you get probably a lot of sales emails. You probably get a lot of calls. What was it about my call, my email that you would answer? Right? It was because of this and because of that. And I was interested in this time. It was just right timing, right place. The next thing is marketing, sales, marketing, e you know, online, social media. If you're going to get into cybersecurity sales, you got to know your product, know your solution, talk to what's the benefits for them. It's not about me. It's not about my company, Use Auto, who I work for. It's about what's the benefits for them. And then you got to get out there and start talking about it. That's a long answer when it comes to sales. But that's how I've met the great people that I've worked with, the, the, you know, the people that I'm, I'm constantly you know, going out and talking to. It's, it's all about them. What do they need? How can I help them? Right. So you can get in that mindset. Um, look up Chris Voss. Uh, never split the difference. Really good at understanding different mindsets of collaborative negotiation and, and working with your, you know, the, your colleagues to really show that you care and mean it. Not be just disingenuous as a strategy, but actually mean it. So take a look at that. Chris Voss uh, never split the difference. Uh, next, I had an interview for InfoSec for a bank, and one of the questions was, if a virus was found on a production critical server that can't be taken offline, how would you handle it? I uh, didn't really know how to answer it. Would, uh, won't the virus propagate if I don't take the server offline? Okay, so first thing. Now, I'm going to talk on instant response when, when I was doing this for the Ontario government. If it's a critical system, what they have to do is try to segregate it as best as possible. So what I would say is, first and foremost, I would go into an instant response. Uh, if it's a actual a critical server, I would actually log a severity one ticket. Right, get that logged in, make sure that there's a priority going on, that all parties involved, they need it. So IT's in, informed, security's in, in, in informed, as well as upper management's informed. Then from there, what we do is we look at how can we actually use an antivirus program to scan that server as quickly as possible to isolate that virus and, and try to make sure that it doesn't propagate through the network. Right. And then from there, then we look at how we clean it and, and do that and then test to see if it's, it's gone anywhere else. That's how I would do it. And then, of course, through the instant response, because you're doing, if it's a priority one, there's probably like hour to hour meetings. Every hour there's an update uh, session. I would say that we have cadence of every hour for updates and debriefing. And then at the end, there's actually kind of a debriefing of what happened, how, how did this situation occur, and then what we're going to do going forward to fix this. So that's my recommendation. Uh, uh, cyber and security might have something different. Also, Sec IT guy might have something different that they do. But that, from my experience being an instant response, that's normally the process I would say if I was in an interview. Um, give me a second here. Next question. Police officer here from Spain. Well, welcome. Uh, been doing public safety for 15 years and trying to jump into pri uh, private sector on cybersecurity. Uh, I'll be starting a master's degree on blue team, red team in October. Any advice regarding to study from certs before the master's? Maybe uh, EJPT, uh, something harder. I have six months. Initially, level is not uh, next to zero. Okay, so <clears throat> actually, you probably have a great mindset. Look, thinking that you're a police officer. Having a police officer, you're going to have the understanding how the criminal mind works. Right. So then and you probably because of being a police officer, you have methodologies or process, too. So having those two and combine them is going to help you when you look at pen testing, because you're going to have a, a methodology of how you're actually going to do your pen testing. Right. From the tools that you use to your engagement to anything along that line. Now, what I'd recommend is studying. Um, INE has a good course for pen testing. Uh, I would look online for Hack the Box, I think one that's recommended. Uh, i trying to think if there's anything else just to start out with. I'd actually speak to like other pen testers right now, see what they're working on. Kali Linux, I mean, something to, to look at right now and understand it. If you're just completely new, 
I would actually download Kali Linux. You're very comfortable with Linux, right? Uh, take a Linux uh, co uh, course as well, how to you know navigate through Linux, right? Those are some tools I would start to look at. Uh, there's a lot of Udemy courses, kind of free courses online that you can actually learn how to use Linux, Kali Linux. I actually think um, Offensive Security actually has a course too, right? But you can download Kali Linux, start working with it, really kind of get comfortable with working with Linux and navigating through it. That's going to be very important. And start using the tools. Start to play with them a little bit, right? Now, key thing here, on your own network, don't do it on anyone else's computer or anyone's systems. You have to have an actual engagement letter to do it on anyone else. Other than that, it's actually hacking, and you don't want to get caught doing that, especially you being a police officer. You, you don't want to break the law. So if you're going to do that, own lab, set up in some VMware, start hacking in, in between your own network, start testing that out. Those are some recommendation, recommendations I would start. Now, the guys in the, the actual uh, chat probably have some recommendations as well, but that's kind of mine for to start out with. Uh, in your opinion, what would be your top three areas to specialize in the in in for a future pen tester? Cloud. Cloud is huge now. It's massive, right? Amazon, Azure, uh, Oracle, you name it. Uh, I would look at you know doing that. IoT. Uh, autonomous vehicles, uh, quantum computers, quantum, uh, I'm trying to think, just anything quantum related, right? Uh, right now, I would do research on it because they can't get access to a quantum computer. They're starting, like, you, they have China starts, has one starting at, I think, like, $10,000 or $15,000. But right now, I would look into that research, quantum, you know, anything encryption and quantum, that's going to be big in the next probably year to two years. Uh, for pen testers, anything else you're looking at pen testing? Autonomous vehicles, Internet of Things, uh, cloud, anything cloud-related, cloud, related, clouds, uh, cloud um, solution, uh, software as a service, platform as a service, infrastructure as a service, anything along that line. Those are things I would kind of look at and look at you know areas that you love, right? You're really excited about, and then go for those ones. Now, to be honest with you, I would probably start with cloud right now because it's the most uh, transition to in the last year, right? So there's probably a lot of gaping holes for a lot of clients, right? So they're probably going to ask for people like yourself to come and pen test and make sure that they're secure. So a lot going on there. Oh, I've been sitting in my chair all day. So a lot going on there. So guys, keep the questions coming. So let me ask you guys, and, and that, this is not a poll. I just want you to think about this. How is your stress levels right now through the pandemic over the last year? How are you feeling? And I want to really want to talk about that today because with cybersecurity and IT, you know, experts like us, right, as we're going through and evolving in our career, we've got so much pressure, right? You got your job nine to five, maybe you have family at, you know, at the end of the day, you're spending time with the kids, wife, you know, husbands, if other, whoever that may be, right? And then what happens is then you have to study. So, you only have so much limited time. And then what happens is through that limited time, you're trying to evolve your career. And it almost seems like you just don't have enough time, right? And, and a lot of professionals love what they do. And I'm sure you guys love what you do. It just seems like, oh, my God, like, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. One thing I'm recommending right now is take a step back. Plan out your projects and everything you're working on and chunk them, right? I... I I've been talking to a lot of people recently and they're looking at this big, big picture. Oh my God, I want to be, you know, senior pen tester. And they're starting out to, you know, they're starting out in cybersecurity and I want to be the senior pen tester. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Start from junior pen tester. Start from even smaller than that. Can you hack a SQL box? Can you hack Amazon? Can you do a cloud? Can you do that? Start, you know, there and then work your way through that process to get to that next level and then the next level and the next level. I think, you know, we all heard the analogy, you know, how do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. Same thing as you're doing with your, your cybersecurity and your cybersecurity career, make sure you're taking chunks out of it. And you're going slowly because you will burn out quickly. Right. I felt that sometimes where I've had to take breaks where I'm like, Oh my God, I've got so much going on. I've got, you know, calls and things I'm doing throughout the day. Then I, you know, I'm finished. I'm doing streaming at night. And then I, in the mornings I got to study and then you're working out and doing all that. And then by the Friday, I'm like, okay, how this week go? And it's like, it's Friday already. I can't believe it. 
right? And then you got the weekend and I'm trying to catch up on a lot of things. And then all of a sudden Monday starts and it's like, you know, you, you blink and it's now it's April, right? I'm like, oh my God, I thought we were just in January. So I'm giving you guys advice that I'm doing for myself is slowing down, taking more time, right? Studying, you know, more efficiently, right? Making sure. And I talked about this the last time is that I'm now looking at ways to optimize my reading, how to be a better, uh, faster, and be able to retain information quicker, right? Taking quick uh, speed reading courses, right? Uh, I'm trying to think of a few of them. Jim Quick was one. Uh, I've taken just the other one. Uh, Seven Speed Reading EX is another course I've taken. So right now I'm on average around like 500 words per minute, uh, my speed reading. And I'm trying to get to the point where it's now I've go from 500 to 750. And I'm trying to keep increasing it because the amount of stuff that you and I read is crazy, right? I mean, the books that we read, the articles that we're reading, the, the you know, websites we're going through, right? white papers, you name it, right? Contracts, legalities, you name it. We're reading through this. And how do we read through this, you know, efficiently so we can consume the information? We don't meet, uh, we don't lose anything. And that's why I'm working on that skill because I just know like it's never going to end for us to learn. So how do I be more efficient? How do I be, I master that skill of, of reading and learning. So guys, keep the questions coming. Uh, let me know uh, that you have any questions about studying, you know, anything else, keep them coming. Yeah. And if you know any colleagues or friends that are around right now, tell them, come out. I'm here, I'm here to answer any questions that you have. So, Here's another question I have for you guys, right? Do you guys have time to read for personal reasons, right? Fiction, anything along that line. I know for me right now, I'm trying to read fiction books and something that's not technical to get my mind off, like just the constant uh, policies, procedures, governance, IT and cybersecurity, kind of that. I'm trying to get my mind a little bit of a break so I can retain, you know, what I'm learning now. I talked about this the other day, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit uh, today. So many of you guys are studying, right? You're studying everything from EB, EP, uh, EJPT, CSSP, pen testing, Kali Linux, you know, and you're trying to retain this information as quickly as possible. Yesterday on the CSSP study group, I was showing Joel a technique. Uh, it's called the loc location method, and it's loci, I think it's called L-O-C-I. Right. If you want to guys look it up, look it up. And what it is, it's relating a place to an imagination and then it's intertwining that so you don't forget. And we deal with a lot of information constantly. And if we can't retain it and be able to recall it later, it's useless to us. And, and I'll be completely honest. Right. Let's call a spade a spade. If you learn a protocol, uh, uh, some sort of script, anything along the line that you can't use later, how is that useful for you? Especially if you're doing pen testing, you need to be able to recall it like right away, right? And be able to kind of go through it and say, okay, look, you know what? I need to go hack this box. I need to go this way. What was that script I used? Okay, I used that. What was the port I was trying to do? And all of a sudden, boom, you're in there, right? So you want to make sure you're able to recall each and everything that you utilize, right? And then you want, you've learned so you can implement it in real world, right? So it's so important to do that. So now let's kind of go quickly go through this. Place, imagine a place. Like when I was doing the CISSP and I was learning the domains, I was going through Joel with, with Joel yesterday, right? And I was calling it like my um, Brandon's, uh, securing Brandon's company, right? That was the main topic. So really kind of relating it to me. So I was like, okay, what's the place? It's my, my business. So now I have personal investment. I can imagine it, you know, 20 story building, you know, you know, 300, 400 people in it, really imagine, make it extraordinary, like over-exaggerate your imagination because I can tell you right now, if you over-exaggerate in your imagination, you'll don't forget because it'll just be, you'll be crazy, right? How many of you guys remember a story where it was just so elaborate, right? It just, you just don't forget, no different, right? And think about that. I want you guys just to kind of literally think about that for yourself. Is there a situation where you're like, oh my God, Brandon, there's this time 20 years ago, someone told me this or this happened, and I'm just never going to forget. So that's the imagination. Place, imagination, now entwine them together. So for me, I did for the CISSP, 
I listed all the domains and I made places for them, right? So as you know, with the CISP, there's eight domains. So I listed eight domains and I broke them out into places for me that I would, would remember if I was going to walk through my building, right? So the first is like the waiting room. The next is the reception. The next is uh, the boardroom door, then the boardroom. And then what happens after the boardroom, uh, in the boardroom, then actually I got a boardroom computer. Then I'm walking into the lab. And then from the lab, I go into security operations. And then I go into the basement. Now for the domains, you're probably going to ask, okay, so how does that relate to the domains? Well, when I looked at, you know, the, the how to relate and break them down, go back through them, right? It was, it made it sense to me to kind of go through each level, right? And go through it, right? So if I'm in the waiting room, what would I do in the waiting room, right? I look at, you know, maybe there's the security, right? And the security, the risk, risk management, that's domain one, right? And then I go to the reception, right? And then the reception, I'm going to go speak to the receptionist. And what is she going to ask me for? She might ask me for my assets. Where's my card, my ID, my badge, right? Well, you know, something that's going to give me access to the building, right? Who am I, right? So that's asset management, right? Or asset security, right? And then the next one I go into is was the boardroom door. And the boardroom door for me was, you know, the architecture of the door, right? And the engineering of the door. And I couldn't get in, right? So I had to look at that, right? So that was security, you know, architecture and, and, and network security. So then I get in the door and I was looking, there's people there. I'm in the boardroom, right? I'm talking to people, right? So it's communication and networking, right? I'm going to communicate them and network about security, right? So now I was like, okay, so I've got to that point. I've got to those domains right now. What's the next domain, right? So how can I relate that? And I was like, okay, hold on. What if I relate the next domain, which is I am identity access management. What if I relate to a computer? I have to get into a computer. I have to use my identity access to get into a computer. So now I got up to that point. So we've got five domains. Right, you've got the waiting room, the set reception. You've got the boardroom door. You've got the boardroom. You've got the, the 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 computer in the boardroom. Right, so five five domains. So there's only three more left. Right, so okay, what's what's the next one? What am I going to do? Well, the next one is actually security assessment and testing. Well, where would I do security assessment and testing? I'll do it in the lab. Right, so I was like, okay, so I'll go to the lab to do these testing. Right, so that's domain six. So domain seven is, okay, what's domain seven? Security operations, right? So where would I go to operation? I would go to a control center. So I, I said, okay, now I go to my security control center to go look at security operations. So I, as you can see, it starts to build out. And I'm telling my story as I'm going through this. And the last one is, where do coders normally sit? Deep basement, closets, no one ever sees them. This is kind of the infamous programmers, you know, you never see them. So I was like, okay. How do I make this fun and enjoyable? Well, they're going to be in the basement, right? Because no one's ever going to see programmers. They're always just off to the side. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not reality. A lot of them in, in office buildings, all that. But the the cliche and stuff we've always heard about is coders and hackers are always in the basement, right? So that was the software development uh, security, right? And then that was it. That was my eight domains. So I share that with you, and I use that as an example. How would you use that for what you're studying right now? what you're going through. And I want you guys to go through that yourself, right? Think about what you're learning. Grab the index, right? Or if there's eight sections, 10 sections, and do that for yourself. And then what I want you to do is I want you to do it one day, or sorry, one hour, one day, and this is your review. So write it out, what you're gonna do. And then what I want you to do is I want you to review it one hour after you've write it out, you kind of got it. One hour, one day, one week, Right. And then I'm trying to say three weeks. I think it's three, three to four weeks is kind of the sweet spot. And then six months, then one year. By the time you get to three, three weeks, four weeks, and then six months, it should be in your long term memory. Once you do that, then you should be able to recall it when someone goes, Hey, by the way, what's the brand? What's the eight domains? And I should be able to go, Oh, brand security. Okay. So the first domain is, right? Second domain. The first domain is in my in my waiting room. The second one, and then I'll go through in my mind, but I'm not gonna say waiting room. I say security and you know uh, security and, and uh, got risk risk compliance, right? And then I'm gonna keep going through it. And then the, then the second one, asset security, and I'm gonna keep going through that. And that's what's gonna I'm gonna be able to recall and tell them. But I'm not gonna say lobby or waiting room reception, all that. That's gonna be the place in the the imagination that's gonna tie into what I have to remember. Long story short, pie, place, 
uh, imagine intertwine and the location method where it's located will help you to recall and remember a lot of this technical stuff that we're, we're learning. Uh, next thing, I've got a question here. Uh, do, 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 have you tried Cyber Battle Sim from M4? Uh, I think this was a question for cyber insecurity. Uh, I haven't tried it. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm trying to think. Neil, I, or actually, um, Jack, have you tried Sec IT Guy? And I'll ask Joel, uh, see if he's tried it as well. Anybody, anybody here take the Linux Plus? That's a good question. I've never taken the Linux Plus. I remember uh, when I was at uh, Trias College, I did uh, Sun Solaris. Unix, and I did that for a while. Learned it quite a bit, had it down, but then what happens is I never use, used it, and I didn't have these learning methods, so I just, what I didn't use, I, I lost it. So I wish I, I wish I kept up with it. It would have been, been more interesting to do that. So, guys, keep the questions coming. This is great. Uh, so much things going on in the industry, so much things happening. Now, hopefully that's helping. I want you guys to master those, those learning skills, right? And the reason why I keep harping on them and I keep bringing them up is because what I'm seeing is, and I've done this myself, and I don't know if you guys find it, you learn something, and then they say 24 hours to 48 hours, you'll lose anywhere from 20% up to 80% of that recall, that information. So think about that. You've gone to boot camp, you've gone to that course, you've just finished that book, and then all of a sudden now you're done, and two days later you forget most of it because you're not using it. You're not, you're not, it's not in your long-term memory. So that's why that's that one hour after, one day after, you know, one week after, th three weeks after, six, you know, three months, six months, kind of what you want to do. Now, I'm going to give you the one that I use, right, because yeah, see I have kind of some difference. I use one hour, one day, one week, four weeks, right, one quarter, right? So you look at each year is uh, broken up in a quarter, and then I do one year. So that's how I break that up. And then, you know, I haven't really kind of applied this for one year, but I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. Right now, <clears throat> the things I'm learning right now, it's been pretty awesome. It's been pretty awesome to be able to do that. <clears throat> so that's why I'm trying to give you guys this because I, I know how much information we all have to learn. And I know, you know it's just so important to be able to retain this for our careers because we're honestly lose, we're honestly keep moving up, moving up. Uh, I'm actually doing really good. A uh, couple concerns I have with, with, with what I'm doing with my career, and I'm being honest with you guys. I'm right now looking at how to evolve, right? Love the use auto, love the place I work. It's awesome. People are great, right? But I'm trying to go to that next level because for me, I really like doing the consultative stuff. I really like to be in front of people, in front of clients, and I have a real passion when it comes to business and cybersecurity align. So for me, I'm looking how to progress. Now, hopefully, knock on wood, I do that with Use Auto. you know, uh, move inside with it with the organization. But that's my goal, right? That's what I'm looking at right now. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm also tired. I mean, there's a lot going on right now with the industry studying, everything that we're doing. I, I want to kind of like take a step back, probably in the next week or so. Uh, I'm going to take a step back, kind of debrief, look at kind of my time management because I'm up at like five o'clock and I normally don't finish work until eight thirty, nine o'clock most nights, right? Cause Tuesdays and Thursdays, Joel and I are streaming. I'm here streaming till about seven, seven fifteen. Then I got to do some notes. So I'm not done till about eight, eight thirty, and then spend time with the wife. So I'm trying to right now to balance that out. Right? And I think it's, it's interesting when you look at that, there's just so much going on. And then, if anyone's been watching my Friday blogs, I've been trying to kind of give some people some insight to some challenges that I've been, I've been going through. And then what happens is what I'm doing to overcome them, right? Or work through them. So check those out. If you don't, if you're not subscribed uh, or follow me on LinkedIn or even send me out a request to connect with me, do it right now. I'll get a uh, sec IT guy to put out my, uh, I think it's Brandon exclamation mark or exclamation Brandon. Right? It's my social, um, all my social sites, connect with me on LinkedIn. Now, here's the key thing. I'm sure all you guys are getting this as well. A lot of sales guys, people trying to contact you. Send me a message and just let me know what you're working on, what you're doing. I always ask you guys to kind of give me a little insight of what you're doing because it's so important to connect because I really want to learn 
how I can help you, what I can do to give you some recommendations. So one question I asked, I think in the last section, I was the last uh, daily cyber. When you connect with me, let me know what's your, your, your 60 day goal, 60, 90 day goal, you know, list out kind of the things that you're working on. And I'm going to see if I can, there's anything I can do to give you recommendations or, you know, direct you in the right direction and help you out. Uh, I know we've got a lot of people from overseas. Thank you so much for sending me messages. People from India, which is great. And here's the one thing, like, and it's hard. That's why I'm asking you guys to send me a message. I get a lot of guys from that are these training IT, security IT training people that are sending me stuff from India. So I'm trying to decipher who's like really great people versus guys who are just trying to sell me something. And those guys, it's sad. I mean, to, to see right now, a lot of them when I've connected and contacted, they're trying to take certifications for people. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a value, right? No, thank you. I really appreciate it, but it's not a value people. And they're like, oh, what? Well, we can get someone to go and write it for you. It's like, but then how am I going to use it? How am I going to, you know, apply it to what I'm learning and what I'm doing, right? And I don't provide value to my clients if someone else goes and learns the information. Nothing helps me. So I'm really kind of important to me to kind of make sure the authenticity of us studying, the challenge I'm running through and all I'm going, that when I go and say, I do this, it's literally this is what I'm doing, right? And this is what I'm studying. So if you guys, well, when you guys send me a message, please send me a message. Let me know over the next 60 to 90 days what you're working on. And we can see what we can help you. Now, we have a whole community. If you're in the Discord group, jump in there. Uh, I know Joel, Neil, SecIT guy, uh, Frazier, all these guys are actually here to help. So as much questions you have, let us know. We're here to kind of help you guys out. So this is pretty awesome. I think we also, just to give you guys a quick heads up, we're going to have uh, Joel Bork that's going to be on after me tonight. Uh, just trying to think of what he's talking about. I think he's got a, his new shows on after me. Uh, Jack, can you let me know? Our second IT guy, let me know what the what uh, Joel has on his show for tonight. He's one of my my actual really good friends. Uh, it's so important to connect with him because he's actually doing reviews of new technology and what's happening. So he's got some experts on his show. So you guys are going to want to stick around. So, okay, so got a comment here. Uh, Lafalo, you got me, Brandon. CSSP is my 90-day goals. It's actually my 60-day goal. So let, let's keep in contact. I want to know how, you can do, uh, how you're doing. Make sure you come out Tuesdays and Thursdays with us. We're really going through the CSSP uh, different domains, all the information, real-world scenarios too, really talking about it. So by the time you get to the exam, you should be ready, ready to go. So make sure you come out on Tuesdays and Thursdays right here with us. Uh, so lot, lots going on there. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on in the cyber insecurity community. So make sure you check out the schedule and what's happening. Just trying to think, was there anything else I wanted to cover today for you guys? Keep them coming. All right, keep the questions coming, guys. Uh, Joel is doing blue team, uh, last I heard. Second here. Yeah, I'll actually confirm that. But I know Joel's on at 8 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time. So I think you guys got a break in between. Uh, I'm not sure if anything's on after me. Um, guys. So let me think about this. So I got a lot of you guys coming in that are breaking into the industry. Love to know this. What are you guys coming from? What career? All right? Post in the chat. Let's get kind of that conversation going. Don't want to accept a sec IT. You don't have to answer them. You don't have to respond to any of them. Right? I just want to know where you guys are coming from. Are you coming from IT jobs, help desk, things along that, or completely different careers? Are you coming from like uh, manufacturing, accounting, like, where are you guys coming from that's really kind of different? I have had many, many different careers. So I'm going to give you guys kind of a snapshot, the origin story quickly for me. I started working when I was 15 at McDonald's, right? So doing a fry guy, you know, being the back and the cook, working cash, kind of doing all that stuff. Then I went to warehousing, right? Warehousing was kind of the most easiest thing to do at the time. Get paid 15, 20, 15 to 18 dollars an hour. 
make a lot of money. Did that for several years, right? Then I was like, you know what? I want to be a police officer. How do I become a police officer? Well, too young, so I'll start working security. So at least I get some, you know, some experience about law and what's happening and you know what it would be, you know, engaging with potentially or even at least dealing with the police. So I was doing uh, private protection. I was working at buildings. So got some exposure to that, you know. Then through that experience, I ended up working for the Sky Dome, which is the Rogers Center now in Toronto. So I worked, you know, private security as well as I worked for building security full time there. Good job, a lot of events, a lot of great stuff, conscious things along that line. Then I ended up kind of getting shot at one night and, and the physical security, the private security. So I was like, I'm screwed that, I'm done now. I'm not working security there, I'll just work in the building. Right? I work at Skydome. So I did that for about a year and I just wasn't happy. So you know what I did? I said, look, you know what, what's, what's my options? So in 1999, uh, I said, you know what? Let me look at the different career paths. And I see, I saw that IT was growing. So I ended up jumping into uh, Trias College. I did a one year of Trias College, got my network specialist diploma, jumped in the career, uh, worked for Bell Sympatico. I worked for EDS, and actually let me clarify. I worked for EDS Innovations. And what happened was I did for EDS Innovations is I was doing Bell Sympatico installs, so we're contractors. So I drove around all Toronto installing uh, modems, uh, network cards and modems, into people's houses and making sure they got connected to the internet. So I did that for about six months to a year and then I ended up landing a job at the Ontario government, the help desk. Did that for two, three years, worked my way up to site services and I was doing site service and second and third level support. And I did that until like 2007, 2008, right? Now I got frustrated and that was my own thing. I had nothing to do with the government. That was just me. I just wasn't happy where my career path was going. I wasn't kind of moving up. I was really kind of feeling isolated. I'm the type of person, and you, please, please know who you are in your personality traits too. Very important in your career development. If you're like, I don't know, I have no clue, take some personality testing, kind of understand, you know, who you are. Ask your colleagues and friends, you know, am I an introvert, extrovert? Do you see me kind of be very social? Kind of really understand who you are because you're, you're going to be, that's going to help you with your career path. I am uh, kind of a accommodator and a social person. So when I get isolated and I'm not really connecting with people, it bothers me. It kind of, it's just one of those things that's like nails on a chalkboard for me. So over time and in distance, I was doing that. So I needed a change. So I ended up changing to quit the government, left there, you know, kind of a, a questionable decision that, you know, I always kind of, you know, put on my plate that should I have ever actually done it, but took the leap went into holistic lifestyle coaching. So completely changed careers, dealing with people, nutrition, kind of all that crazy, right? Like completely different. Learned about health, wellness, you know, coaching people that did that for six or seven years. Saw that it wasn't really a career, wasn't really making much money, 15, $20,000 a year, just struggling. So then I ended up because I worked for a clinic and learned about marketing. I ended up in 2000, 2004, 2005, going into marketing because I market for the clinic, uh, social media, digital marketing, website design, kind of all that great stuff. And then I started to get clients and we were building, you know, starting to get some traffic there. The clients that were in, coming into the clinic were business owners, weekend warriors, getting injuries, shoulder injuries, skiing, whatever that may be. And they're like, who does your marketing? Because every time I try to book in, you guys are busy. Well, they're like, so talk to Brandon. And then one thing led to another, more people started to talk to me and I ended up opening a marketing company that I ran for 10 years. So fast forward to 2016, 2017, marketing company, everyone and their brother knew marketing, right? Starting to go into these negotiations of 25, $30,000 deals. Guys that were working from home were underbidding me, but didn't have the team. And so it was getting really kind of frustrating. So I realized that I was getting underbid and, and just the challenges. So I eventually said, you know what, what's open for me? What do I really, you know, like to do. Well, I like security, trying to think about going to the police, doing, trying to do a little bit in the government, really didn't have a career path in that. But then I was like, how do I combine them? What can I do with security and IT? It's like cybersecurity, 2016, 2017, something to get into, Security Plus, do all that. So then I went to Atlantic Security Conference in Nova Scotia and met a couple people uh, and just hit it off, right? And then I started to hack the industry. 
And what I mean by hack, I started to do video logs because I didn't know how I could break in the industry. No experience, security plus certification. What am I going to do, right? So I started to kind of see do video logs, really kind of getting out there, started to get, you know, networking. And what I found was as I was doing that, as I was starting to network, then all of a sudden one opportunity started to come. Another opportunity. People started talking to me. Hey, ch talk to this person. Then I ended up getting my first job in cybersecurity with GoSecure. Worked there and just kind of built out till I'm here now, right? Working for Zotto doing kind of cybersecurity sales. So I give you that origin story to let you guys know, you know, we all come from different career paths. We all come from different areas. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to be in the next five years? So think about that and then reverse engineer it for you. You're not going to get there tomorrow. Right? You're not going to get there in the next, you know, you know, 90 days potentially. And maybe you could. I'm not going to say, you know, it's impossible, but there's going to be, you know, some, some hurdles and things you're going to have to work through. So where do you want to be in five years? Reverse engineer and work through that. And that's going to give you a roadmap, as all of us are working on, what you need to work on right now. So that's really important to take a look at and, and a long story of how to properly evaluate and, and assess where you want to go in your cybersecurity career. Even if you're starting out, nothing wrong with that. But where do you want to go in the next five years? So just confirm, Joel is doing blue team. Uh, last last thing we heard. So I'm just trying to look at see if I got a message from Joel here. So that's gonna be interesting. Come check it out. Joel's a very competent pen tester. Well, does a lot of that. Also, he just completed CISSP, so he's got and helping out him with his little uh, business, you know, process and what he's thinking. So challenge him on that. What would you do if you're a business person in applying that? Really kind of make sure you you test that out. Thoughts on Sentinel endpoint detection and response. I don't think it's that bad. I think what happens is depends on who's tuning it and who's managing it and making sure it's updated, right? Because as the security definitions and, and modules, right, you got to make sure that they're constantly up to date, right? The, a lot of these tools are similar, right, in, in functionality. And then what I find, like if you look at the Gardner report, kind of tell you who's, you know, top right quadrant. But a lot of these, you know, better tools out there are not bad. And it depends on, and let's kind of, I'm going to put my business hat on. It depends on care and feed. Do you have the resources to do it? Or do, are you having like a company like Usado that does manage services? Are they managing it for you? Uh, are you able to monitor it, right? Are you able to monitor and make sure that you do the remediation, anything that comes up? Right. These are things. And what's your what's your budget? How much do you have to spend on an EDR solution? Right. On not only just implementing it and, and having it installed into your in your your environment, but then managing it ongoing. And then what's the driving factor of that? Is it compliance? Is it a client requirement? Like you have a, a larger partner or client that you're working with that's saying, look, you know what? We need you to have endpoint detection. We need to have vulnerability. We need to have a yearly pen testing. We need to see your scans. Then you have to look at how does it work for your environment? Because my understanding from talking to senior management and upper levels, they don't care about the tools. Doesn't meet in those criteria. Doesn't meet their budget. Doesn't meet the requirements to help them stay protected, right? Within that limitation. They don't care if it's Sentinel, Secure Onyx, you name it, uh, they don't care. Right? They care about does this work. Now they'll go into the 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 tech technical team and say, does it work with our environment? Make sure, make sure that it can do what it needs to do. We don't care, you know, what's the name of it? Does it do what we need to do? And that's important for them. Right? And then they'll ask, okay, does it do it in the cost of their budget that we have? If it's, you know, say for example, I'm just using an example. Say the solution is like fifty thousand dollars. If it's coming up to seventy-five or hundred thousand dollars, and they're like that, we don't have the budget for that. They're not going to do it, right? We're, we're going to accept the risk, right? Or we're going to try to find maybe some cheaper solution or something that we can implement, you know, bandage type solution to get it kind of get it going and say that we have some sort of EDR solution. So something to think about as you're doing that. Okay, guys, we got five more minutes. Uh, just I just got the ten-minute warning five minutes ago. Rapid fire. Any questions you have, throw them in. I want to see how many questions I can get answered in five minutes. 
I, I know there's not much time. Uh, guys, for me, I want to say this while I'm just kind of waiting for some questions to come in. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the cyber and security community. All the support, you guys, everything that you guys are asking, everything you guys are talking about in the actual community, I'm learning from you guys, right? Being a sales guy, right? Learning cybersecurity, I learned as much from you guys as hopefully you learned from me. So I want to thank you guys for being part of the community, sharing your knowledge, sharing your expertise, really helping out each other, right? Being that collaborative person. Because I think what's, what's really the key here out of the whole community is the networking. Right? Network with each other, help each other, because one person's always going to be a little bit ahead of the other, no matter where you are in this career. I might be ahead in someone in a little bit more in business, but someone might be like just leaps and bounds when it comes to pen testing. Someone might be leaps and bounds when it comes to automated vehicles right, and understanding security. So each of these people are going to have that. So it's so important to network, network, network. Um so, Joel, yeah, I'm doing this blue team threat hunting and used uh, to do Fed ramp pen testing, still do it on the side. So that's from Cyber Incision. Yeah, so he's he's going to be up in an hour. So, guys, don't don't want to miss that. Uh, Fishman's Greed, uh, CCNA and C Security Plus, uh, good combo. Now, we're hearing this question about CCNA, which is Cisco, of course. It depends on where you eh, – I'm going to take a step back. If the company that you're securing is a Cisco company, place maybe you work or you're going to apply for is a Cisco shop, then yes, I'd say it's a good to have your CCNA and understand the Cisco environment. Now, depending on what you're going to do, if you're going to a security analyst, you're going to pen testing, the more you know about the environment, the better it is for you. So CCNA is not bad, right? But depends, and this is what the caveat is, if that organization where you're going has that, right? If they're a Cisco shop, then for sure. If they're a Fortinet shop, then it's not going to work, right? There's no point. Uh, what is your motivation to get CSSP while being in sales? Good, good question. My motivation is I talk to business people, right? And I want to understand all domains when talking to them so I can take a consultative role versus just trying to sell them a product or service, right? I'll be honest with you. I'm I, I don't like sales in the sense of hey, I have a vacuum. It's the best vacuum ever. Here, come and buy the vacuum. Look, look, I can throw dirt on the floor. It can suck up dirt. Do you want one vacuum or two? I, I I'm not that type of sales guy, right? I'm the person that you have questions. I'm going to try my best to answer and give you advice and recommendations. Now, don't get me wrong. I have a massive team behind me, smart, intelligent guys when it comes to the technical side. But when it comes to working with senior level people. I want to have that senior level conversation and CISSP is that managerial conversation, compliance, implementation, program software de design, uh, uh, looking at governance, business management, acquisitions, acquiring, like everything is in, in the CISSP. And as I read it more and more, there's just so much to cover at the managerial side. If you can talk to the senior management C-suite at that level, that's the conversations that they're having. So most of my day is trying to work with those people. If I come at a sales level, I'm not having the same conversation. And this is so important for everyone, everyone in cybersecurity. Know who you're talking to and understand the language they speak. They speak business, speak business language. If, I'm, if I have a technical guy and a business guy in the room and they're not speaking the same language, there's going to be a disconnect, right? The, the business guy is looking, I'm looking at budget forecasting. I'm looking at the compliance requirements and the tech guy is saying, well, this is the best Garner solution. You know, the speed of this is that, the security, the implementation. And people are going, huh? Business guy is okay, but I have a budget. I have a compliance requirement. Does it meet my compliance requirement? And the technical guy might be talking about the requirements and the, the technical specs of the device, not speaking the same language. Know who you're speaking to. Right? Know exactly the audience that you're speaking to that's in the room, and that will help you. And that's why, for me, the CISSP and the CC, so is the next one I'm going to be reading and going for with Joel, it's having that conversation because that's where I live. I live, that's most of my day, right? And I think it's so important to everyone to have that. Uh, so, yeah, let me know. I've got 
actually it's seven o'clock right now. Uh, Sekai T got any more questions? Yeah, let me know. Because, uh, yeah, I want you guys to, to make sure you connect with me. You know, there's so much going on. So hopefully, guys, let me know. Give me a thumbs up in the, in the actual chat. Let me know if this helped you guys out. Uh, hopefully I gave you guys enough value today. You know, that was really my goal is to really see how I could help you guys out with your cybersecurity career, helping you guys kind of move forward. And I want to thank you guys so much. Like, I really appreciate all the hard work, all the effort you guys coming out. Each and every time that I'm here, thank you. Like it's it's so awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I can see you guys. This is awesome. Thank you so much, guys. So I'm gonna leave you guys off with this. First, connect with me on LinkedIn. Don't forget, you guys saw my my chat, right? Or you saw on my socials. Connect with me on LinkedIn. 60, 90 day goals. Let me know what's going on. And then just don't forget. Like this is so important. Right? If you kind of have this in your mindset, each and every time you're talking about something, you're connecting with something, software is hackable, being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next Daily Cyber.